Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. So this last week I got to go to the funeral of one of my good friends. Uh, he was serving as a pastor in Overland Park, Kansas, and um, he was also, they had a shortage in the school. The principal took a call, so he's also part-time principal. He's a father, a husband, and the Lord in his mercy and wisdom called him home to heaven. Um, and so this last week was a funeral. Uh, and a beautiful message of comfort at that funeral and certainty in the promises of God and what he's done for us, our Savior Jesus. In his life, you know, meriting forgiveness for us and eternal life and by his death and resurrection showing us that death isn't the end for us. So very comforting in that aspect. Uh, but also you have those questions swirling around like who's going who's gonna to serve this family, help this family? Who's going who's gonna to help serve this congregation? His associate had just gotten there two months out of the seminary. Um, and then, and was doing a fine job, but just, you know, there's a lot of work to do. And then also the school, and you just these, these kind of concerns, and just there's so much to do, and now this. And um, Pastor Hirsch, the district president of Nebraska District, preached a beautiful sermon on, you know, being strong and courageous because of what our Savior has done, and that he promises to go with us, and to provide for us, and he does, and he will. Moses was in a situation where he was really at wit's end. He was almost to the point of despair, and he lays a big complaint. And if you read the verses, he gets pretty pointed in this, and just kind of almost despairing, but he lays it before the Lord, and the Lord in his grace provides. The Lord in his grace provides help for the weary worker, humility for the heralds and the helpers. Words of Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 to 24, we read the Lord's, the Lord's response. <clears throat> The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come out to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but they did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. The Lord in his grace provides help for the weary worker. The Lord said it to Moses. He says, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Get help. Here's help. Um, Moses when they kind of first leave Egypt um, and people, you know, it's a big group of people, about two million people, we think, coming out of Egypt and they had a lot of disputes, you know, even though, you know, even a family of believers, there are disputes and they were coming to Moses to have him decide, you know, who's right, who's wrong and, and finally they were just lining up and his whole day was spent this way. Moses' father-in-law was standing there and he's like, Jethro is his name and he says, Moses, get help. Get people who are, you know, who are, 
um, upright, who aren't all about dishonest gain, who are going to be fair and have them help you. And then if there are big disputes, you, you do it. And it worked. You know, a lot of helpers, a lot of good things. And now, you know, fast forward, we're this place where just leadership of the people is becoming rougher and rougher. And there's so much work to do, so many things to get done. And Moses is pretty much despondent. And he lays his complaint before the Lord. You know, farmers look out at a huge harvest that the Lord has blessed them with, but then they look at themselves and they go, how am I going to get it all in? And what do they often do? They go and get help. Rather than let the, the harvest rot in the field or burn off half of it, you know, they go and get help. And everybody, I mean, they're, they're, they're using everybody and anybody to put up into whatever the implement they have that does the work, you know, combine, tractor, whatever it is, to get it done. And they're thankful for the help and the helpers. So the Lord has Moses grab these 70 elders. He went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. God gave a great gift to Moses. Yes, you've got a lot of work to do, Moses. Here's 70 helpers. Elders, qualified uh, people from the, the different tribes who were upright, in good standing. People looked up to them. They were, they were fine examples to the people, and they had gifts for it. Sets them up, and they're serving. And the Lord comes down and speaks with Moses, and he takes of the Spirit, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that he had placed on Moses for this leadership role, and he takes some of that and he puts it on the 70 elders. Some people worry, like, oh, was his role diminished? Was the amount of the Holy Spirit diminished? No. Just like a can, one theologian said, just like a candle you take and you light a thousand other candles, it doesn't diminish the brightness of that flame, of that first candle. So also, God in his rich grace and mercy gives this wonderful blessing of these leaders to help him. Moses has a big complaint, almost to the point of despair, but he lays it at the Lord's feet, and the Lord condescends, and in his grace, provides help for the weary worker. What do you and I do when we have struggles, trials, difficulties, stresses, anxieties, problems. Sometimes we try pushing it down, you know, push it down, keep moving forward, and we're going to get through it. You ever try that? I've tried that. You know, we just push it down and then, you know, maybe it'll go away, maybe we won't worry about it so much, and it won't be a big deal, but then it just keeps coming back. And then, you know, we still, these things kind of keep perpetuating, keep building, and then it just kind of starts to ooze out into different areas of our life where it's all we can think about. It's, you know, even in the most mundane tasks, it intrudes on our thoughts and becomes an issue. Even, you know, even in our relationships, even in, in whatever it might be, and it just, it's this constant thing. And so pushing it down doesn't really work. It just kind of spreads it out and gets it into everything um, in our lives. You know, wakes us up at the night and we're thinking about it and just kind of spinning with that. Sometimes, though, maybe we think... Um, well, if we vent about it, we'll feel better about it. And there's some truth to that. We want to share our burdens with others. You know, kind of like a teapot, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, it's, you know, it's hit its max. It's, it's, ready, to, it's ready to blow. Um, and sometimes we do that, but then oftentimes what we devolve into is we just vent, and then we vent some more, and then we find other people who are also venting about the same thing. We find a com camaraderie there, but then we just kind of start, you know, we don't find solutions nor do we find relief, and we just keep, you know, this, this circular thing going, kind of like a toilet has a circular movement, but it's only going one direction. This is not good. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, we just, we think, you know what, it's too much. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I know this is in my life, and I know it's something I'm supposed to deal with, 
or do or deal with, but I, I just can't, and so I'm just going to quit at that. I'm just going to give it up. I'm just going to not deal with it. And that does that work? No. But these are things we try. Our sinful nature loves to do this and to push us in all these directions because it's you know, something we can do or something even though we don't have the strength, even though we don't have. And all the while, it points us away from the person who's standing there with nail-marked hands crying out to us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I mean, read the complaint. It's like, that's pretty bold. Like, he just, he didn't stop. And then he lays, sees us in our miserable estate, trying all these different options before realizing there's only one good option. But we have, it's like we have to do this over and over again and go through all these dead ends. But he, in his grace and mercy, sent a helper, didn't he? Who took on flesh. His only begotten son became man. And what did he do? He came to unburden us to take our sin, our guilt, our shame, our worries, our anxieties, our problems upon himself. And he did it without asking us, without us deserving it. And then he allowed his father to punish him for our failures, for our sins, for our sinfulness. And he did it freely, completely on the cross. He said, it is finished. This work has been completed. And so now you and I have been unburdened. So the sins, the, the guilt, the shame that would like to keep us down, that would like to just keep weighing us down, that's gone. We don't have to let that burden us anymore. It's been forgiven at the cross. And by Jesus' death, he shows us that not even death can stop his love. No problem in this life, no difficulty in this life, no worry in this life can stop his love for us. We have his forgiveness, his love. He rose from the grave to prove that death is not the end. The second death, eternal hell, cannot touch us. We are his. We have heaven as our home. And he didn't stop there. You know, this great helper in his love and mercy continues to pour out that forgiveness on us to give us wonderful reminders that we are forgiven because we have Wonderful problems in this life, don't we? They keep coming back to us. New ones that pop up at different stages of our lives. Things we didn't expect, things we saw coming. But the Lord in his mercy continues to pour out his forgiveness and love for us through his word. When Pastor Smith said you're forgiven, guess what? You're forgiven. You know, Jesus said, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. Your baptisms. So the kids all helped me put this together and, and get it back up here. But you know that, that this, is, this is where... We are made children of God. And you are. You're, you're family in Christ. And, and you're reminded of this, that you can go back to your baptism every day and just remember, I've been clothed with Christ. I've been connected to everything Jesus has done. I'm forgiven and I'm freed and I'm a child of God. And then also the Lord's Supper where he gives us his own body and blood to prove to us because we doubt all the time that no, you are forgiven. Don't doubt it. Here's proof. You know, just like the, the kids helped me, teammates, family, you know, put this back together. So also God gives us family in Christ. How do you start the Lord's Prayer? Our, it's not my, like just me. No, it's our Father. We're family in Christ and therefore we can encourage one another. We can pray for one another. We can help one another. Moses sat there and looked out at this difficult task and was at wit's end and God says, here's 70. 70 qualified people who I'm putting my spirit on to help you. And God says to us, here's all these people, brothers and sisters in Christ, not just in this congregation, across the globe that are there for you, to help you, to point you in the right direction, simply to pray for you, to encourage you in whatever it is you might be going through. 
And then we look out at the harvest. Uh, maybe it's the different jobs that we have to do, the different callings God has given us in our lives at this point. And he gives us the strength, the joy, and the forgiveness to go at these things. And we look at the harvest of souls that we want to tell more and more people about our Savior. And he gives us, he raises up leaders from our own number to help in the work, whether it's, you know, handing out, helping out with coffee or being on a committee or whatever service it is or looking to the next generation saying, who's going to fill our pulpits? Who's going to fill our classrooms? And, and, and so we encourage the young people among us or, or that we with gifts could say, maybe I could study for ministry and, and be a pastor, teacher, staff minister and do this work publicly on the behalf of other Christians. And Lord keeps providing in his grace and mercy help for the weary worker. And the Lord, in his grace, provides humility for the heralds and the helpers. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them! But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Joshua was jealous for Moses' sake. You would be too. I mean, look at all the garbage that Moses had to deal with. Like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt were not like the greatest people. God even says that. It's like, I, I didn't choose you because you're the greatest nation. You were the smallest. And, but in his mercy, God called them. And so... Here's this group of people that Moses, which Scripture calls like the most humble man, that he's dealing with. I mean, they wanted to stone him on different occasions. He had close family members go against him. It was just rough for Moses, legitimately. And Moses, or no, Joshua, who had grown up kind of supporting Moses, standing probably in awe and reverence of this leader and going, I want to help him at every turn. And now here's this thing that goes on. And, and God is setting, you know, putting his spirit on these these leaders, and they have this wonderful honor and privilege of assisting Moses. And you know what? These two guys in the camp didn't have the uh, you know, honor and the, the wherewithal to show up at the tent for like the installation service. And now here they are prophesying in the camp. Nuh-uh, no, you're not going to do that to Moses, right? And Moses goes, what are you talking about? The Lord has seen fit to, to, to use these two individuals too to assist and to help. I wish all the Lord's people were prophets. You see, Joshua had to learn something, and we do too. It's, it's not, when service becomes about us, we've got it all backwards. It's never about us. It's about him. It's about our Lord and his glory and his honor and serving him. See, when it's about us, it gets bad real quick. Um, when it's about us, then, you know, if it's about how people think about me, you know, I, I like to be liked. I imagine you like to be liked. But if it's about being liked, then we're probably less wanting to go beyond niceties to actually share our faith, which some people don't believe. And they might look at us like, mm, they're kind of, you're kind of one of those weirdos, right? You know, we, we talk about our Savior, about God's Word, or we talk in terms like that, and they're like, what? You know, and so we had a good thing going when we were talking about the Vikings, but now I'm taking it beyond that, and what's going to happen? And so sometimes we just cut it off there, and we go, I don't want to ruin this. I don't want people to look ill of me, so I'm not going to talk about this. Or we have a brother or sister in Christ who is doing something we know is wrong, and it's not good for them, nor is it good for their faith. And instead of speaking out and saying, hey, you know, 
this isn't right. I love you. I'm saying it because I love you. We think, you know, what if they reject me or what if they get mad that I'm pointing this out and then suddenly it's like the relationship isn't as good and whatever else. Well, that's when it's about me and how everything impacts me. And then it becomes less likely that we're going to actually go out there and make it about him because we're always worried about how it is with us. Or we want to, we want to think it's, um, you know, we want to prove that we're enough, we want to prove that we belong, we want to prove that, that we, we can do it, we're the best, and, and so we go and go and go, and to try and, I don't know, win others' approval, or have people look up to us, or whatever it is, and we just go, 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 and, you know, we neglect other roles that God has given to us, other relationships God has given to us, or we run ourselves ragged and just don't even take care of our own health, so that we're less equipped to do even the things God has called us to do, rather than the things we're trying to, you know, achieve, or, or find success in. You know, sometimes it's like if we, want, if we want it to be our way, because my ideas are the best. I don't know if you knew that, right? And your, your ideas are the best, right? But then you give those ideas out and you see, oh, this is the way we should go or this is what we should do. And then other people have a different opinion. Sometimes you're like, wait a minute, I had the best idea. And then you have this kind of this resentment building. Or you try and do the shortcut and try to bull over your teammates and, and try and make, you know, this is the right way, we're going to do this. And then, you know, that doesn't work well, and that's not loving. Or you don't get your way, and like a little kid, we sulk, and we think, you know, that's when it's about us. It's not about him. It's not about our love for one another. Or we're all about getting our needs met. And then selfless service doesn't really happen because we're always after making sure we have enough or making sure that we get what we have coming. That's when it's about us. But we know that's not right. God in his mercy teaches us it's about him. Moses really was humble. He says, Joshua, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets. It's about him. It's about the Lord and his work. It's about his love for us. And then when you realize that, you realize who you are. You're not this person who's got to be first. You're not this person who's got to, you know, show everybody they're enough. You're not this person who's always worried about what we can get or we're basking in who we are in Christ, that we're forgiven, loved, forgiven, children of God and that we have heaven as our home and we've got a few years left before he takes us there but we're children of God and he loves us and we're part of a family and he gives us work to do as individuals and also um, as a family in Christ and because there are difficulties in this life there are things that aren't going to go away this side of eternity there are crosses he's going to lay in front of each and every one of our paths that we pick up and we carry but he goes underneath with it with us and makes our burden light because he's the one carrying it with us and he also gives us his family of believers to support us and encourage us and then to go at the work together to look for opportunities and say whatever it is we can do it the lord has given us strength the lord has given us joy in service and appreciation for the team and the family that god 